Rodcast with Rod Black, brought to you by North Star Bets. That's a win. Now here's your host, Rod Black. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another Rodcast. Rod Black with you. Not your normal podcast. This is a Rodcast. And today's guest is quite simply not a normal guest. He is one of the most opinionated, controversial, thought-provoking, sometimes goofy, often brilliant, former athletes turned broadcasters, or as we all become podcasters, or in my case, a a broadcaster. He's not only one of North America's best hockey players, the United States' best hockey players, he is one of the best hockey players who has ever played. He is a man of many titles and a man of many words. So let's drop the puck, everybody. Here we go. Welcome, JR, Jeremy Roenick. Let's roll the Rodcast. Well, here he is. <laughs> there he is. My man, hockey player. We, all we finally fire. connect. We finally connect. We finally Jeez. connect. Uh, TV star, uh, Hollywood personality, gator wrestler. Rapper. Just all around good guy. <laughs> there he is. Just all around good guy, Blackie. What? Come on, you know. Okay, let's just. Uh, first of all, uh, parental guidance might be suggested for this broadcast, but hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred. We don't care. Uh, but what what is it that you haven't done that you'd like to do? Because I think you've done virtually everything, correct? Uh, I've never skydived, oh. I, and I I don't. Don't plan on doing it. You know that that common saying. I don't feel any reason to jump out of a perfectly good working airplane. <laughs> so, well, although uh, although based no. on some of your Twitter yeah. lately, maybe you did want to jump out of some airplanes. <laughs> uh, yeah, my that's not me. That's my liver. That was my <laughs> liver that tried to jump out of a plane after coming back from uh, from from a work trip from Chicago. I played six six rounds of golf in seven days and. Um, you know, I have a I have a great job, and a lot of my job is uh, is entertaining and and creating great relationships and playing, going golfing, and going to hockey games and dinners and lunches, and it's a great job, and um, it's in construction, and I'm uh, meeting a lot of great people, and and being able to travel again, and and get into the thick of things. You know, Rod, you know me, I like to talk, I like to, I like to be with people because I love people uh, until they until they do something that makes me not like them, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been great. Um, that's the thing about you again, the versatility. But I mean, you're you're one of the great voices that we have had in our game for a while. Do you miss being in the mainstream, though, or do you kind of like being on the outside looking? And I mean, I still think you're in the mainstream because when anybody ever needs something, I guess, provocative or something analytical or strategic or real, who do they call? Or real. For real or, real or real, honest. or real, unfiltered. Honest. They call Jr. Right, and and honest. Um, honest. Let let's let's put it this way. I don't miss the game, and I don't miss everything that the game like entails. Uh, I don't miss the politics of it. Uh, you know what I miss? I, I miss the I miss the the intimacy that I thought that I brought between myself and the fan. Um, I loved going on television and and having you know no you know no care whether I looked stupid or Dude, I you're sounded wrong. stupid. 
No, I didn't care. I mean, you're the only guy besides me that ever cried on television, I think, in a a sporting event. Yeah, listen, I, I, I love being able to come into, into somebody's living room on television and enjoy the game that I love and give them my perspective of what was happening, of what I saw, the things that I see in a game that maybe some other people wouldn't see and why it is so important to the game or why it affected the game. And, and to be honest, when Sidney Crosby sucked or when Malkin sucked or when the Edmonton Oilers blow ass and, <laughs> you know, and, you know, they wasted three hours of my time with the best player on the planet, you know, in tow. So, you know, I, listen, I, you got to be honest with and, and have a, 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 a conversation with people and, and they don't, they, you know, people are smart. They know when you're, when you're blowing smoke and they know when you're trying to, trying to appease the, appease somebody or appease the brass or appease the player. Um, I didn't care about that. I, you know, I wasn't there to make friends. I was there to inform and teach and entertain. And I thought that was, I miss that. You know, I do miss that. But all the other bullshit that comes along with it, they can keep that stuff. The ma- all the management. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. the egos, you know, the yeah. egos of the, the egos of the upper brass. Yes. You know, oh, you can't say that. We got it. We can't, we yeah. can't do this because it makes, makes these guys look bad or makes or, the or league listen, look bad. Listening, listening to um, a subculture at times because yeah. somebody complained once. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Or, or having to deal with people because they're not aligned with the same with the same political party or the same beliefs or the same, uh, you know, you know, loves that you have, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't listen, this world is great because everybody has their own opinions and they have their own likes and their own dislikes. And I, I don't believe that you should not like somebody or push them aside because of, of what they like or what they believe or what they will fight for. Um, I have a lot of friends that don't agree with me a lot of the times, but we're great friends because we have, you know, we have a respect for each other. I think respect is lost in this world today. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you, you think about, you know, the, the world as it is, I mean, the, what, again, and everybody having an opinion, <laughs> we mm-hmm. can all have discourse. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've seen you and I've seen you engage in conversations with people and it, doesn't yeah. I think one of the things is that people think that you have to have a you know if you're going to have a an argument it becomes a fight, it, it, an argument no. does not have to become or a, a a disagreement does not have to become a brawl. No, and and no it doesn't and and it's it's not about winning or losing mm-hmm. okay because you're you're not going to start when somebody has the beliefs that they have it's okay and it's not that my beliefs are different than yours. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to sit here and argue with you so that you will become me. But what I would like to do is to make you maybe understand why I think a certain way. And if you, if people understand why people think a certain way, even though it might be drastically apart, maybe they're like, okay, that's actually a good point. Even though I don't hundred percent agree with him, he does, he does stand for something and he stands for something that's good. And he does have some valid points and, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna think that way, right? So, but uh, I just think there's too much there's too much uh, division, not only in our country in the United States, but also in Canada right now. Mm-hmm. 
and it's and it starts from the top down it starts with it starts from the leaders of our country right on down and everybody is just jumping on board and the social media and media feed the feed the narrative that that people that don't pay attention very often but do get glimpses of things get just get side side you know sideways you know, yeah you know lebron james i remember uh, i think it was about a year ago said you know I, we have voices we all have voices athletes have voices um we're human we have voices and you know i'm sure you heard that thing you know shut up and dribble or mm -hmm. you know you're a hockey player what kind of opinion or you're a sports announcer why should you be talking about politics or other things in the world does that kind of conversation drive you crazy you know i think there's a t there's a time and a place for everything um personally i think a lot of people go to their sports to watch their sports and to watch their favorite athlete to get away from the stupidity that's happening or to get away from the monotony of the bullshit that we're hearing and the lies that we're hearing on television on both sides of each 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 fence um i think when you see a player of lebron's status okay um who is probably a billionaire by now who has gotten every single great quality of this great country of ours in America and has been able to become one of the best athletes of all time and be one of the richest people of all time. Nobody wants to hear how, how, how they're, you know, that they're being kept down, how they're, you know, how they're afraid to go outside and how they're, you know, the racism card, um, I think racism is the worst thing in the world. And yes, there are racists out there, but there's, there's no systemic racism in America and there's no systemic racism in Canada. I mean, we, we both belong to probably the greatest two countries of equality in the world. And uh, I, I just don't think people want to be lectured by the billionaires who, you know, who's, who's getting their meals cooked for them. Mm -hmm. having their cars driven by uh, by a chauffeur uh, who's taking private jets and yachts all over the all over the world and having everybody tell them tell us how to think and how to feel and how you should you know how oh you know shame on me we're we're, we're you know it's just i i just i don't agree with it and yeah. you know it's that banter we shouldn't look we shouldn't see color we shouldn't see like differences in people yeah, we should hope. look at that. We would hope we, we should judge people by how they treat us and by how they carry themselves, not by how they look or what they believe um, or their gender or whatever the case may be. But it, people have just made it such a such a violent war of words that I wonder whether we can ever go back and get out of it. That's the problem. Yeah, I'm here I, i'm i know we want to talk about sports i will get to sports but you're you're, you're yeah. fascinating to, to, to chat with um why well, listen, I, listen, why did we get to this you, you, why did we get to this point though why how did we become so divided yet we're probably more intelligent um as a human race than we've ever been ever how did we come to this i i think i got i got a couple of reasons why okay i think the first reason that started everything was social media mm. okay so so social media i think one thing gave us gave gave a platform now to everybody the, the, there has always in history been assholes selfish people narcissists jealous people 
angry people, sad people, happy people, kind people. There, there always has been for year, for our, our forever. What what social media has been able to do on top of some of the great things it's been able to do business wise and to connect a lot of people, but what it's also done to, to that spurred this whole thing is it's given the assholes a platform to meet each other, right? We always knew they were assholes, but we didn't know who they were because the assholes weren't brave enough to be the assholes that they really are face-to-face, eye-to-eye. You kind of saw them in right? hockey rinks, right? You saw them booing you yeah, or yelling at you as vitriol. Yeah, but if you're, you yeah, might have seen them on the street in a bar. Yeah, but there's nobody in a bar that's going to look you in the face or me in the oh. face, not many, that no. are going to say the things that they say on a keyboard when they don't have to have any accountability for what they say. Okay, so we've always had them, but now what social media did is given the assholes a chance to meet the other assholes and they say, oh, look, he thinks like me. And then they keep it going and they create that, they create that, that, that suction of, of hatred and negativity that, that doesn't go punished, that, that goes without accountability. Right. And you can't have that. I mean, there are kids, uh, one of my, one of my, Young phenom, 16-year-old hockey players out of Detroit, Michigan, 16 years old. One of his very, very, very good friends, 16-year-old girl, committed suicide the other day by hanging herself because of the bullying that she received over social media. Okay? That should turn everybody's stomach. And by the way, that should also lead – our leaders, again – you can't let these social media companies exactly you cannot let these social medias write they they have to go punished they have to have rules these people just can't just cannot run across a 120 um, letter verse and spew hatred and spew hatred that is going to cause harm to somebody without going punished whether it's yeah whether it's Hey, whether it's the government going into their bank account and taking a thousand dollar fine out of their bank account or the police knocking on their door and putting them in jail for a night. I don't know what it is. I don't you know. We, we do have free speech, but free speech also comes with a accountability with a, with a big with a, with accountability. You can't go into a crowded theater and yell fire. That's free. That, that's not free speech because it, it, it will invoke havoc and, and panic. Well, guess what? What people say on social media also can invoke panic and pain. And until somebody does that, so that's, I think, the first part, why we've become so so divided in that aspect. And then, unfortunately, you know, we never knew what the swamp was until Donald Trump came along. And then Donald Trump came along and, and took those swamp creatures and brought them right to the mm-hmm. top. And now we see how because you know you know Donald really Trump. works. You know Donald Trump well yeah. too, right? Yeah. I, I, I very awesome. I very well do. I, I yeah. know him very well. He's a very he's a very giving man. He's he's he has an ego on him. Don't get me wrong. There's no question about it. And he likes to brag, but I also know he's one of the most giving, and he loves America more than anybody I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, uh, to to the point to where he's given he's taken this abuse for yeah. seven six seven years six years the way that he has. But we we now see we now see when the po- the people that want the power 
all the power, what happens when their power is jeopardized, right? And they just and I and by the way, I that's on that's Republican and and Both Democrats. Sides. And up up there, it's the liberals and the and the and the progressives and the and the um, conservatives. So I don't care who you are. You you see the people that want power, and when it gets threatened to take get that taken away from them, they will do anything to crush you to keep it. Anything, and that's divisive in itself. Yeah, dude, do you think that you would ever ever consider politics or running? or no. party or anything like that. I, I just say that because you have such strong opinions and you have a real sense of of righteousness, I do believe, in you and, and freedom and all of that, all of the things, all those tenets. But do, would you ever even consider it? No, I mean, I wouldn't. I, it's just, you know, I have I have too much of a of a of a of a reputation or and and a, a, I think a past that too many people will try to get after me and t- go here's after the, here's me. The thing, though. Everybody knows what you've done. Like a lot of these politicians, they're digging out skeletons and then they'll always, everybody knows. what you, what you, oh, it's you true. Were, You've it's been the true. most honest guy around. That's true. It, it, yeah. I, you know what? I I don't have enough time in, in, in my <laughs> life to, to, to do politics. You can't take I'm the pay cut. So- I'm doing, yeah, exactly. But, but by the way, Nancy Pelosi is worth $120 million. She's been a lifelong, lifelong Congresswoman making 160,000 a year. But there might be some, there might be some benefits somewhere in that job. I'm just guessing. Would you, would you ever consider, okay, let's talk about leadership in hockey then. Would you ever consider a coaching job, a managerial job, an an ownership job? I think you'd be a good coach. And this, I, I know I'd be a good coach. I know I would be a good coach. My only problem, I think, would be I'm so intense, right? I'm such a competitor. And I just think that that today's game, and I think the, the toughness of, of the game, I think your ability to raise your voice in today's game, um, I, 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 we've seen too many times players just quit on coaches and revolt against coaches and not want to play for coaches because it's too hard or, you know, I don't know whether I'd be able to subdue my, my, you know, my inner fire and my competitiveness and my, sometimes my anger. I mean, I see myself watching television, swearing at the television, you know, at certain players. I've been with you. I've seen it. You know, exactly. (laughs) At ref, at referees, at stupidity. And I'm like, and I just don't know whether I can bring it down um, to, and maybe in my older age, I, I think maybe I could. Um, I would definitely think of giving it a shot. If if somebody, if like Rick Tockett got a job and asked me to come be assistant coach, I would go. I would go. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, you know, I get this. I get assistants I, become head coaches eventually. Yeah, yeah. I just that. think um, I just think the, the National Hockey League is done with Jeremy Roenick and have have pretty much erased right. erase, erased me from from really? the yeah i do i you think, think so. that i do so, i do okay yeah okay so 100 percent. so well here's one thing okay and i'm not saying this because I, I know you so well but over 500 goals 700 assists all the points everything you've done everything you play for everything you represented how have you not got the call to the hockey hall of fame that's all i'm going to say how 
I mean, I get every, and it's not just once a year I get this question. I get it. I get it probably four or five times a week. Do you I think you're going to, every... yeah, I mean, it's going to come. It's going to happen. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Are you I, serious? No, I really, you don't think it'll happen? No, no I really don't Why? think so. Uh, I just think I've been too controversial. Um, I think I've been too honest and outspoken. So was um, Brett Hall. Yeah, but you're you're you Brett know, Hall. You're Brett Brett Hall 2.0 though. Yeah, I know. Brett Hall didn't didn't tell the National Hockey League to wake up. You yeah, know, good point. Good point. To wake to wake the f up, and you know, at certain points, I took a big stand. You know, in 2004, I was one of the only players who who went around and took a tally on how many players would accept the salary cap mm-hmm. to save the seat to save the season. Mm-hmm. And um, I got 70 or 80 players that said, if it's a soft cap and it's okay, yes, I would agree to it. And then when the time came, when all of us are in the room, um, you know, a lot of them, you know, wouldn't put their hand up. And and where I said, listen, the owners are going to win. They're going to want a salary cap. They're going to win because of their owners. They're richer than us. They're more powerful than us. They're going to get what they want. And we have a chance to save half the season and, you know, to a lot of people's anger being Bob Goodnow and, and um, Ian Pulver and a bunch of other people that really were pissed off at me for saying, Hey, listen, let's, let's think of something that we can live with, but we still save the season and save the NHL. Um, I got, I got ostracized and, and crushed for it, but that's, I mean, that's okay. I, I, and by the way, what do JR, we look at look at like you but, are. But what do we ha- what do we have in the game? We yeah. missed a whole year. Yeah, missed a whole year. And what do we have in the game? We have a salary cap. Yeah, exactly. Okay? And and players are still making a lot of money under the salary cap. So you know who was right? I was right. Yeah. So but, would you rather be the guy that everybody says, and, and you know they're going to make a movie someday probably about your story, a mini series. Um, uh, James Woods plays you, I think. <laughs> I don't know who plays you. Uh, he plays me as the plays me as the old Jr. Yes, 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 yes. But would you rather be that guy who ch- helped change the game, which you did, and and kind of been that, I guess, rebel if you want to put that way, um, or would you rather? So sell, sell would you rather soul, be in the hockey hall? Sell my soul. Sell my soul so there I can be in the hockey hall of fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. So you said it no, earlier. No. You don't kiss anybody's butt. Yeah, no, no, no. I would not. I would not. Why? I, I, I refuse to change the way that I was because I know I brought a lot of happiness to a lot of people. And yeah. let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You can go around to the real fans that stand outside the arenas that get autographs. You can you can talk to a lot of people. Um, you will find that not many athletes in any sport in any sport treated the fans like i treated the fans Mm -hmm. time i would throw pucks to them i would wink at them i'd have fun with them i'd stop in airports i'd give people hugs i'd talk i would do you know i go out of my way to make sure that i had time for every single person to ask and every single person that recognized me to this day still to this day actually i was having dinner with a friend of mine the other day and he said um, you know, and I've only known him for a short period of time and he's not a hockey fan. And he's, and he's, he's like, you know what I've noticed about you is how every time you see somebody, you ask them how they are and you have a quick conversation and it's just, you, you, it's, it's like, you care about these people. I said, 
I said, Jody, of course I care about them. They're, they're the reasons why we get to play the game that we get to play. So listen, you're like Charles, will, you're I, like Charles Barkley in so many yeah, ways. You guys very, very are well. identical yep. in many 100%, ways. 100%, 100%. But I won't sell my soul to get into, into, um, into a club, to tell you the truth. And I know it's an exclusive club, but you know, you know, I don't feel bad for myself about the, the Hall of Fame. You know who I feel bad for? I feel bad for somebody like 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 Alexander Mogilny. Okay, you look uh, at a guy like Alex, yeah. you look like a guy. I because, can't believe he's not in the Hall of Fame. Well, let's just analyze this for a second. Okay. Take me out of the equation. I can understand why they don't want me in their club. Okay. That's I, I get it. It's you know, I'm you know, I'm rambunctious. I'm I'm outgoing. I'm I'm. Have, have you ever sometimes, been there? Sometimes I'm brash. Have you ever been there? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. oh yeah. They used to they used to invite me to the uh, Hall of Fame well, the game. Um, weekend to the game to the yeah, weekend yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Did you yeah, score like five goals or something? One of those games. Yeah. I, I don't get I don't get that invite <laughs> anymore. But that that goes back when I said they just kind of erased me. But Alexander Mogini, see, when I look at the Hall of Fame, I look at what what kind of impact that you had on the game. Like how good were you in the game and what kind of impact you gave on the game. Now, granted, my stats and everything speaks for itself. But let's look at Alexander Mogilny, and this bothers me. The, 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 the Russians in hockey have been such a huge influence for the last 30 years. It's been unbelievable. Look at some of the greatest Russians that, you know, Alexander Ovechkin right now being one of the best it's ever been. One of the best goal scorers I think I've ever seen. He would not have been able to come play in this, in this league if it wasn't for people like Alexander Mogilny who risked his life, his family, his his well-being his future by defecting from russia to the national hockey league literally sneaking into a car sneaking out of the country and going to play against the federation's um wishes and he got ostracized for it and then he goes on to score 480 85 goals he has he has a stanley cup he's you know he's he's done all everything in the world stage um and he he's not in the hall of fame you want to talk about someone who's made an impact all those russians should be thanking alexander mogilny for making a statement because if it wasn't for alexander mogilny fedorov wouldn't have come if it wasn't for fedorov to come fedosov and, and konstantinov don't come fedosov and konstantinov are the ones that convinced the russian federation to allow russians to come over so is that not an impact that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? And Alexander Mogilny is not in the Hall of Fame? How about Theo Fleury? How is Theo Fleury not in the Hall of Fame? You want, you, in, in, a, in a day and age where we're so worried mm-hmm. about, about um, you know, mental illness and we praise people who are able to overcome amazing challenges and do great in their sport or in their job, and someone who's been able to talk and help other people with the same kind of mental problems or physical problems that they've gone through. Theo Fleury went through one of the most horrific sexual assault situations as a junior in, in, in the world that I've ever heard in hockey. Mm-hmm. And yet, what, what does he do as a small, a smaller stature guy? Okay, small guy, probably sh- couldn't play in the league. Yeah. Nobody thought could play in the league in the late 80s, early 90s because of his size. But what does he do? He goes and scores 455 goals. He wins a Stanley Cup. He wins Olympic Olympic golds. Over 1,000, 1,100 points. How is that not inspirational? 
So take me out of the equation, like take me out of the Hall of Fame equation. What really bothers me about the club is why isn't, why aren't the people that have really had major impacts mm. on the sport and have changed the sport and have helped the sport grow through different things than a guy like Alexander Mogilny and Theo Fleury. And how about the, at one time, the fourth, the fourth highest winning goaltender of all time in Curtis Joseph. Now, if we weren't playing in a, in a, in a, in a generation with no ties, right? Curtis Joseph would still be probably the fourth all-time leading yeah. goaltender, winning goaltender of all time. Yeah. I just don't get it. Yeah. I just don't, I don't understand it. I don't, I mean, I guess there's, I guess there's, there's new parameters, new parameters. I don't know what those parameters are, but I'm not thinking about it anymore. To tell you the truth. I, I love the game. I love watching the game. I, I know my career was great. I made a lot of good friends. I made a lot of fr- fans happy and I pissed off a lot of fans, but that's okay. You know, I, I'm, I'm 52 years old. I'm happy as shit. Well, you're in my hall of fame and then you're in a lot of people. <laughs> so, well, I appreciate it. You then, know, I, I, I got to tell I you something. We are very, very serious. And one thing I love about you most is your heart and, 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 and the fun loving Jeremy Roenick. Uh, when I play this, when I play this, Jeremy Roenick, what do you think of? <laughs> that's that. That's that's my karaoke go-to, man. That's my karaoke song. Come on, yeah. Funky Comedina. Yeah, baby. You don't play around with the Funky Comedina, right, everybody? I like it. Keep it going. Let's go. By the way, thank you, Moncton. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having us. Thanks for all of your fundraising. I'm going to have a blast, and I'm going to leave you with this. Yes, sir! Hey, listen, I, I, again, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's Give us a little. There you go. Give us a little. Like I said, I don't get no satisfaction. The girls are all around, and none of them want to get with me. My threads are fresh, and I'm looking deaf. Yo, what's up with LOC? The girls are all jocking. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's great. Dude, yeah. I didn't know that about you until we were... I, we were at a birthday party first, then a wedding. Well, you see, did. that's a, that's the that problem. And I snuck yeah. it on you, but yeah. dude, you're an entertainer. That's what you, you. Hey, you played hockey the same way. You love yeah, to but see that's but see that's the problem is people judge without knowing, right? They they hear rumors, they read the papers, or they do whatever. But um, hey, listen, Rod, when you and I left Moncton, there wasn't one person in Moncton that wasn't asking me to come back. I'll tell you that it yeah. was you know. It's yeah. so, you know, people just don't know and that's okay. I mean, you can't know everything and you can't have, you can have opinions, but um, I, I, I challenge anyone, anyone to really, really dislike me after they spent, after they spent an hour, after they spent an hour with me, because <laughs> I'll make sure, I'll make sure that you have fun and I'll make sure, because I'm a pleaser, you know, I don't know what you are, but I'm the guy that sets up all the dinners. I'm the one that sets up the clubs. I'm the one that sets up, you know, all the plans. So you don't have to, I'm the one that get. you know, I, I, I want to make sure that people have fun and that they're happy when they leave, they had a great time and they don't have to worry about anything. That's, that's what I do. And you are, and you do that, by the way, you, you absolutely do that. 
Um, but you know, the funny thing is, even on your worst, like I, I saw you maybe at one of your worst times when you had a, a air problems, <laughs> basically threw you off an airline and you still, we get in around into Moncton around, I think 4.30, you had to be up at seven, but here you were bright and cheery. Uh, I think we had a little bit of uh, orange juice in the morning, if you know what I mean, that yeah. helped out as well. Yeah. But yeah. So, where, so where does that come from though, JR? Where does, like not, is that just, was is that inbred in you? Is that genetic? Is it, what is it? No, it's, it's respect for the people that want to be with you. It's respect for the people that are bringing you someplace to do something bigger and better, right? So um, we're going to Moncton to that great event that we went to in Moncton. And even though I got an hour and a half sleep <laughs> and we were, going to, we were going to a golf course that, you know, I would not normally play because I'm no. a golf snob. Um, Most golfers don't it, play it either, I don't think. No, no, it was not a nice course. It was a beautiful, beautiful landscape, but it was not great a beautiful people, course. Though. Great it's people. And by the way, sometimes yeah. it's not the course, right? Nope. It's the people nope. you're with. It, it's it's what you do with what you have that makes it important. And that, I'm a firm believer in that. And you know what? So the, the, these guys from Moncton that were putting on this great event, in order for them to make the kind of money that they want to make, they have to bring in people that are going to make sure that the other people are going to enjoy being around. Wow, I had a great time. By the way, I still talk to my team that I played with in Moncton. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I call them. I see how they're doing. One how of the guys. Many, first is, of all, how many star? And you're a superstar. How many superstars would give the average Joe their phone number, their text message? I know who. Uh, yeah. Well, one Jeremy Roenick. Yeah, because again, and it's. You, you, you got to really love people. And, and sometimes you find people that you know you're going to be friends with and you can yeah. gel with. And you will, you know, one of the guys that were on my team up there in Moncton, he was a big guy, big, heavy guy. You know, he was the biggest guy out there. And, you know, after we were done and after we played, he goes, you know what? We, he, we motivated him to, I'm going to lose weight. And now he's on this big, big weight loss plan. And, I, and I'll call him up. I said, hey, Big Bob, how we doing? We doing okay? You know, what are we at now? And just make sure he keeps he because he, he's so motivated right now. And I gave him I gave him a little uh, a little something to shoot for. I said if he if he loses a certain amount of weight in, in six months that I'll I'll bring him to a hockey game in Chicago on a, a little trip with me. So that give him so a little motive give him yeah. a little motivation. That is so JR. But that's that, what, but that's I, that was such need, a great time. Right? Um yeah. When you when you look at you know, the beauty of your career is that, you know, like the guys who came generations before, there's not much film or if it's black and white, but there's YouTube. Do you ever not see, no, you can tell us, do you ever kind of look at some of your highlights, look back on stuff? Hell yes. And what Hell is, yes. what is your YouTube in your mind, your YouTube moment? Uh, well, I have a bunch, um, my dancing in, in LA, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, at, when we were playing in the, in the preseason game in Vegas, that's one of them. Um, you know which what what's one I play a lot for people because they asked me what type of player I was, and and you know a lot of people that didn't know me and didn't don't know hockey, they always say, "Oh, were you a fighter? Were you a fighter?" And I say, "Well, I wasn't a fighter by just by job. I scored goals. I did everything, but I did fight. You know, I had over forty five fights in the National Hockey League, and I always go to one fight that's that was my favorite, and that's me and Scott Walker in Vancouver." And if you ever get a chance to to Google Scott Walker and I fighting, because Scott Walker was a tough little son of a bitch, man. That guy was tough. 
yeah. and um you know I, I remember fighting darcy tucker in philadelphia and he one punched me right like caught me right square and we went to the to the bench and darcy turns to me and goes well i gotta say you do have balls kid <laughs> calling me kid <laughs> he said you 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 do have balls and i was laughing and stuff like that so you know there's a couple couple things i go to um you know my jumping on the alligators is, is, is one where people Tell, bring that up that is me. the craziest thing like again that's not yeah. a hockey moment no no come on were you overserved that day like you have to be and was it a it wasn't a fake gator i thought for a second it was fake it's oh, not no. like where was no, that no. and, and yeah, was, why the hell did yeah. you do that because you wouldn't <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> uh no it was a it was a bay hill during uh do you want do you secretly want to be on, on jackass or something like what is like come on what is i think i just like i just like pushing the envelope <laughs> right I, and i know that everybody's i like i like causing a like a i like like causing a stir right i mean i've always that I, I catch rattlesnakes in arizona and chase people around with them and um you know at that point at that alligator one was down in in bay hill arnold palmer's course and after the round arnold palmer actually came into the locker room and, and said hey, hey hockey boy we stopped chasing my alligators out there they're scared shit right now and i was like i mean it's a real story it's a true story yeah Mr. so palmer. he called yeah he called me hockey boy so that was really cool in the frame did you think no come with me I'm not getting closer, dude. No, come with no, me. No, because you'll throw me in the ground. No, I'm not me. going to. I'm not going to do. It. I want you to come with me. Keep, <laughs> keep me in the frame. You're in the frame. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of. I mean, shoot. I mean, we. I can I can write another book by all the things that have happened to me since yeah. I've retired too, and so. But you know. Like I said, you know, there's hockey has been really good to me. And I think I've been really good to hockey. There's no question about it. Um, unfortunately, I don't think that there's a lot of players that can actually can actually be the, the entertainer, be the, the, the outspoken, be the flamboyant type, because I don't think the National Hockey League really wants that type of player. Um, you get a few of them like PK, he's flamboyant. You get, you know, mm -hmm. Ovechkin at times can get flamboyant couple other players but for the most part a lot of guys are really in intimidated and really kind of subdued because it's a very very squeaky clean uh, image league it's a team oriented league there's no me me me's right you'll never if you, you can ask any player in the national hockey league who the best player is and not one of them will say themselves not one yeah. Whereas in other, whereas in other sports, yeah. especially where they dribble the ball, <laughs> you ask them who are the best players. I am. No, you ask them who the top me. three, top three are. Uh, me, me, uh, me, and me. Yeah, we already talked about one of them earlier in the show. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, Jr. I could sit and talk with you all day, and I know you're you're tight for time. I got to do this again. I I love talking to you. So I know you love mm -hmm. to play golf, right? And and, and yeah. it's one of your passions. Uh, beyond your family, obviously, and 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 talking, like like most of us. <laughs> yeah. Let's play a quick eighteen with Jeremy Roenick. Jr. Best arena in hockey. Wow. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say Madison Square Garden. Ooh, good one. Worst arena in hockey. 
uh, Saddle Dome. Yeah, they they might get another stadium someday. Best stadium in sports. The old Chicago Stadium. Yeah, I would agree. Hey, remember 91 All-Star no Game? We were there. One of the best. Oh, One of the best. God. One of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah. Favorite Loudest movie of all time. So I'm kind of tied for two. Shawshank it must be a Vince Vaughn movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it should be when I'm in it. Swingers, not so much me. It's Ronick. He's good. But um, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of caught between a couple. Shawshank Redemption is one of my all-time favorites, and and um, Forrest Gump is is probably the other ones. Those those two seem to be, and you know, when you get to the funny ones, Caddyshack is unbelievable. You know, those those are timeless, timeless slap shot, slap shot, Happy timeless. Gilmore. Yeah, you know all those. Uh, best binge show that you've watched. I know we've watched a lot during COVID. I think I've watched a ton. Um, so the I, the actual one that I binged the most, which got me onto Netflix, was uh, Breaking Bad. So, so Breaking Bad, um, um, Animal Kingdom, and Ozarks. Those are my three, like three. It. Like I couldn't couldn't get away from them. And uh, I, I was also a big big fan of Queen of the South. Really good because I love that narco stuff. You should try Succession. Succession was good too. Get into I love it. Succession. Yeah. I love Succession. And, I watched and, it. Um, it. It took me a while things. to get going. It took me a while to get into it. Yeah, yeah. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. I binge watched at the at the South Korean Olympics. I watched <laughs> all of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I could. I still can't sleep when I watch that stuff. Um, yeah. Okay, who yeah. plays uh, who plays Jeremy Roenick in the JR movie? I think Woody Harrelson plays. Oh, that plays me yes. with, at at a certain time, and I think. Um, I also like, um, and then obviously when I'm getting older, everybody says I look like James Woods. So no, 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 no. I would, James Woods. Listening. I would just, I would just have to. Uh, I just have to find someone who can who can fit my role around eighteen to thirty. I don't know if I can find that yet. <laughs> What's the title of the movie? Um, uh, she's hell on skates, man. Hell on skates. Like it. Funniest guy that I, Jeremy Roenick, ever played with. The funniest guy I ever played with. Um, wow, that's a like hockey wise. Yeah. Um, probably Mark Bergevin, Stefan mm -hmm. Matteau, Mark Bergevin. Um, those those guys made me laugh like like nobody's business. Joe Thornton. Just for some reason, I laughed every time I'm with Joe Thornton. I know, yeah. I know you played a, a lot of pranks. Best prank you ever played? Uh, it's well, it's. I mean, I've played a lot of pranks, but my, I, I played the best prank of all time. We don't have enough time on this on this podcast, but um, I, I, I scared Setaguchi and and Tori Mitchell so bad that uh, Tori Mitchell jumped through a double pane window in Vegas. Um, yeah, scared him so bad. He thought that the bunch of a bunch of cannibal eating crazy um uh crazy cult people were going to eat him and got him so bad that he jumped out a window he, he was okay though that's the that he was thanks good thank goodness after after he hit after he hid in wayne newton's barn with a bunch of llamas what? it's a long story yeah, it's a bunch, it's it sounds a long like story. something from hangover um mm -hmm. the toughest guy you've ever known in hockey bob probert mm -hmm. Ty Domi. That's I fought Bob Probert, but not because I wanted to, because I had to, because he attacked me. 
But Ty, Ty Domi is one person that I, I, I don't think I would ever fight because I've never seen a guy who actually gets more excited and smiles and laughs every time he gets hit in the head. He's got the hardest head. Doesn't Without need question, it's Teflon. It's, it's titanium. It's a titanium forehead. And you know, what's, you know what's great about Ty? He's one of the greatest guys in the world, but he was also a great – he was also one of the best fighter players. I mean, he, he does not get judged enough and rated enough for how good of a hockey player that he was. You know, he did play – he was like the – the, played the most playoff games of any Toronto Maple Leaf for like the longest time. I mean, for a fighter, and, that's and, pretty special. He actually won a playoff game, which is was very unique in Toronto. <laughs> or series, you got to say series. By yeah. the way, you, you know, you know, the last time that Toronto won a playoff series uh, was that when you were playing? It was two thousand four. It was the first round, and then they played Philly, and then then they played Philly, and then yeah. I buried one right over Eddie's shoulder, yes, and they have did. not they have, they have not won a series since. It is the curse of Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it is. Who it was is your sports day. hero growing up? Um, for me, I had two. It was both Boston guys because I grew up in Boston. So as a Rick Middleton fan, loved Rick Middleton, loved watching him play in Wade Boggs baseball. Chicken, yeah, I love yeah, sweet swinging Wade Boggs. You know that 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 cool little you know that cool little swing that he yeah. used to have. He used to bunt it out there in the first you know out the opposite field. Just loved watching Wade Boggs. Yeah, it, it, you know, you probably have a, you know, every hockey player has regrets afterward. I'm sure, like you know, you were so close to a cup, yada yada. But did you ever regret not playing for the Boston Bruins or getting a chance? I actually had it. I had, no, I don't regret it. I actually had a chance. They offered me at the time in 2001 what I believe was the largest contract that the Bruins have mm -hmm. ever offered a player ever offered a player in 2001, and I said, I said no. Because they had just traded Billy Guerin, oh, yeah. and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, why am I going to go to Boston to win a cup when they're trading away people like Billy Guerin, who are yeah. probably the most important pieces to winning a cup? Superstition or ritual? Too many. Too many. Yeah. Too many. Any crazy yeah. ones? Not really. I, I hear all these people say they wear the same underwear all the time. You know, I was, I was always, I'd always put the same amount of pieces of gum in my mouth i'd always had the same amount of cups of coffee i'd always put my you know put my clothes my stuff on right to left really? couldn't touch my couldn't touch my sticks i always did anybody ever mouth. touch your sticks and then you went ballistic no, not not in the early days in the oh. later days i didn't care and okay. i didn't care in the later days but in the early days nobody i always used to leave my house at the same time um, especially if I was scoring i made sure that i left the house i wait in my garage until the, that that clock turned 3.30, and that was that was out. So, yeah. Your most prized possession or souvenir that you have from hockey? My my gold medal. My silver medal, I mean. Silver medal. And even though it's a silver, it still it feels like gold, I guess. It does. You know why? Because um, when the 80 Olympics won, when they won in 80, we weren't a very good hockey, hockey country, mm -hmm. hockey nation. But because of that win in 80 – it spurred people like myself, like Mike Medano, like Keith Kachuk, like Chris Chelios, Brian Leach, Dougie Wade, Billy Guerin, that whole crew, John LeClaire. And, you know, not only did we win the you know 96 World Cup, but we we got to the biggest stage in the world, which was the Olympic final against our arch rival, the Canadians. And the Canadians were always at the top. You know, it's Canadian, Canada's game. But in the 2002, 
United States has, has had grown to a superpower because of our generation. And we ended up even though losing, but we, we got there and, and our generation got us there. And I think the players today look at that 96 and that 2002, which is why USA hockey is still on the top of the map. Mount Rushmore of sports. JR's Mount Rushmore of sports. Michael Jordan. Uh, Tiger Woods. Muhammad Ali. Oh, this, this, this last one could be tough. So Michael Jordan. You could Tiger have five Woods, if you want. Muhammad and Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. And you, you play for him. What kind of coach was he? Not not as good a coach as he was a player, but yeah. then again, pretty hard to be, hard to be a coach and and be Wayne Gretzky at the same time. Given the lack of talent that the team gave him, uh, he did out all he could. But um, you know, and and Gretz and I are, are good friends and always will be. But we, I mean, we didn't gel great as player coach, but he's hmm. he's the best. I I I think Wayne Gretzky is the fucking greatest. Yeah. Um, your dream foursome, dream foursome, living or dead? Yeah, I've, I've you know, this I've been asked oh, this probably one been before. Asked this question, yeah, right? it's it's really hard. So, Arnold Palmer would be one of them for sure. Clint Eastwood, hey, hockey guy, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Arnold Palmer would be one for sure. Clint Eastwood would be one for sure. Um, and I don't know if Elle McPherson plays golf, but she'd be she'd that'd be great. <laughs> All right. Uh, segue to a romantic date with your beautiful wife, Trace. Uh, what's, yes. What's amazing. the what's the what's the Jr. Mojo? What is the for a real romantic night out? Um, you know, for me, it's I think it's the attention. It's not so much what you do. Um, the attention to detail, like you can go with flowers and candles and wine and stuff like that, but. Um, you know, I think I think a, a woman and my wife especially really likes when you take the time to set something up, plan it nice, do a nice dinner, whether you get a nice bottle of wine or you bring it, um, you know, do something, do something at a time when not when it's not expected and when you just want to do something. Because so that for me is it does not it, it, look it has you. to look at you, yeah. little soft. Yeah. Hey, look at yeah. you. Uh, I got it. Listen, I got it. I've been married 30. I've been married 30 years for a reason. Number one, because I have the greatest woman. Number two, I have the toughest woman. And number three, I have the most understanding woman. And number four, um, you know, we're best friends from from 13 years old. And uh, well, isn't that and number five, you're a great guy. Um, Mm. Commission, only a couple more. Commissioner of the National. she's, she's, She's giving me the she, oh, that's beautiful. There you go. Commissioner of the National Hockey League for one day. I, Jeremy Roenick, would. <sighs> oh, there's more than one thing that I would do. Um, well, since I'm an old school guy, um, I'm going to do I'm going to do old school and new school. I'm going to give you two things. OK, number one, I'd get rid of the instigator rule. So that so that idiots can't run around and be stupid and not take accountability for how stupid they run around and be dumb. Um, that happens too many times. Mm-hmm. That would get that would get rid of a lot of players in, in the game that don't belong there and, and free it up for people that are actually talented. Uh, there are a few of them in the game, and I think number two is I I would go really crazy 
and go against the grain in terms of um, allowing allowing the fans to see more of what happens behind the scenes, more that happens on the bench, more of the things that that the coaches don't want people to see. People like I think it's really interesting to get to know the players and to see their real personalities, hear what's being said on the bench, and obviously, you know you on public television, you can't, which I just don't understand why we're so crazy about, you know, hearing the word fuck or shit when it's all over social media anyway. So it's not like, why can't you hear it on television? When our political Um, leaders use it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, so, so for me, so for me, I would, I would, I would make it mandatory that teams had to put more cameras and more mics around so that people could actually see what it's like to be a professional hockey player because it's pretty unbelievable behind the scenes stuff. And some of it is X rated. Some of it is R rated. And some of it is, is, and a lot of it is, is comedic genius. (laughs) So I just think more people would be more inclined to watch when they see the personalities behind the players that play the greatest game in the world. Amen. Um, I, Jeremy Roenick, Oh, my hockey career too. Well, I owe it to my dad, number one. Um, I owe it to the next door neighbor when I was three years old to his mom for asking my mom if I would accompany her her daughter or his son to go pl- go to hockey skating lessons because I wasn't. Yeah, my next door neighbor in the apartment building, a little little boy I used to play with. His mom asked my mom if I would come with him because little Johnny is probably going to leave if he doesn't have a friend. Well, I never stopped skating, and I don't know whether he's, he played or not, but I wouldn't have started if our next-door neighbor wouldn't ask my mom to keep keep my little buddy company on the ice. So I kind of owe a lot to her, even though I don't know who she is. And, um, you know, obviously my mom and dad. And then I, I owe a lot of how I was a professional to Mike Keenan because he scared the shit <laughs> out of me to play a certain way at 155 pounds my first year. And um, I kind of adopted a, a, a style of play that I had to in order to play the game in the National Hockey League for a, for a coach who was very demanding. So, um, yeah, that's Iron pretty, Mike. pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Iron Mike. Iron Mike, what a different guy away from the rink, eh? Yeah, and then and then when you get there, you know, the guys like Dennis Savard, Steve Larmer, Doug Wilson, Michelle Goulet, you know, Keith Brown, that first team that I had when I first got there, they they showed they showed me, they they kept me right by their side. You know, I remember being in LA trying to get into this bar and I was 18 and they they you know, they put me in a big coat, they huddled me into the middle and we all kind of shuffled in together to make sure that I got into a bar at 18 and you know they looked after me and they made sure that I played the game the right way on and off the ice and they told me how to be a bad poker player they, they taught me all the stuff you know and, and like years down be. the road I'm sure that's what you did to the to the youngsters as well um yeah still today still today, still today. finally uh 20 years from now uh, 72-year-old Jeremy Roenick, where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? Have you ever thought about it? Um, do you care? Yeah, I, wanna, do you, I mean, I, I think yeah, you're a day-to-day yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I want to be doing? I want to be um, I want to be at my house, getting in my golf cart, and get, being able to go out in the backyard 
and and go out to my golf course and play and you know maybe three or four times a year be able to go to a NHL alumni event and you know try to try to get on the skates and tell stories at those events and help raise money for different charities all over North America and 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 tell the tell the young kids how it used to be in the 1980s 1990s right when the old days yeah and when we in used 19, wooden sticks in, in, in we didn't have masks yeah, in 2042, I'm gonna be like way back in the day when we, can, can, you know. So yeah, that's that's that would be that would be perfect for me. Do you know what I would like to be doing, and I know I will be doing. Is oh, by the way, I got I got I got I got I got to say this too. I you know sitting on the back patio with a nice bottle of wine oh, yeah. with my wife with there my wife watch watching my grandkids run in the backyard. That sounds really good to me. And then also taking your grandkids up to Toronto to see your yes. back in the hockey hall of fame, because you know what, well, dude, yeah. it's going to happen. Trust me. Um, Hey, thank Let's you for the way. time. I'm not, dude, I'm not gonna hold, hockey I'm not guy. Gonna you're more than a hockey guy, brother. brother. You're a, you're an everything guy. I love you. You know that everybody loves you. Ah, uh, Roddy. I love you too, man. It's, it's always been, always been great being friends with you. And you know, we have a lot of, a lot of uh, mutual friends and we're, we have a lot of fun times ahead, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. JR. Thank you so much. Hey, do mm. me an, one more favor. Never change. Never change. <laughs> it's Funky Cole Medina for the rest of my life, babe. <laughs> funky Cole Medina. Thanks, Jerry. That's it. Told you. I told you. Uh, like everyone or anyone, you might not agree with what Jeremy Roenick sometimes has to say, but you can't ignore him. And quite frankly, he doesn't care. And he doesn't care that you don't care. As I said, he's real, he's raw. He's JR, Jeremy Roenick, and, and sorry, Arnold Palmer, he's not just a hockey guy. He is a real dude, and we can't thank him enough for being part of this broadcast. We hope you got a lot out of this one today. I know I certainly did. JR is one of those guys that you just want to have a beer with and a conversation. And at the end of the day, you got to understand that he's just like you and I, and he just wants to have fun. And yeah, he doesn't take himself too seriously at all. Thank you, JR. Thank you for being you. Until next time, we'll see you on the broadcast. The broadcast with Rod Black, brought to you by North Star Bets. That's a win.